Cuphead and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, Old Man Grognard here on a Thursday morning, nice and sunny, going to be sunny for about a week, I hope. Hope you're having a good day. And I was just thinking about plots and things as usual. And I thought about wanting to... You ever want to adapt a movie or a TV show? I never wanted to adapt one specifically. What I mean is I didn't want to like be slavishly devoted to this unless it was a role play, like Star Wars, you know, the role-playing game. You pretty much, What you do is you take the premise and adapt that into something. And my favorite thing is to adapt it to something else, like taking a Western and adapting it to fantasy and things like that. But thinking about the last episode about how to do your plots and things like that and how to open up a open up a linear plot. Linear plots, well, most plots, I talked about how I do it with with cliffhangers and then there's exposition, cliffhanger exposition. Da, da. Those are beats. Those are beats in the game. If you look around on TV shows and m- movies, they have beats too, if you're paying attention. This was driven home to me when I was looking through the first Astonishing Swordsman module, the Ghost Ship of the Desert Dunes, which I'm going to write, or rather I'm going to run. And it's broken down into beats too. It's like one, two, three. That's what chapters are. They're beats. And you follow the beats. Kind of like music, but not kind of like music. I'll explain in a minute here. The beats are there so you know what's going on and how the plot progresses. Now, here's my way of thinking on that. You plan the beats in prep, but the players plan the beats in the game. What I'm saying is you lay out the beats, and if they follow the beats, that's great. But you plan the beats, and then when it comes to the table, they have free agency. And you see what they are doing, and you take whatever beats they hand you and adapt them to what you already have. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes you got to get real creative. Sometimes they give you flash inspiration at the table, and all of you benefit. Because they do something you don't expect, and you think about it and go, yeah, that's neat, and run with it. You can do beats on the fly. If you have information to get to the players, you can come up with beats to do it in. My thing is, information is malleable. Information is fluid. If you have clues, beats of information, people they need to talk to, and you have NPCs and things like that, it's easy to rearrange your information on the fly. If they if they do something or don't do something you expect them to do, you can get it another they can get it another way in another beat. I ran a rule cyclopedia Beckme game where they had to go see at one point they had to go see a zombie master in the forest. And they'd already had their fill of zombies and ghouls attacking the cattle in this pen in the town. And 
I, you know, they, they, they were pointed in that direction. And I, no way. We're not going in there. We're not, I don't care. We're not talking to that guy. Because they were afraid. Uh, okay, fine. Because he had a poison piece of information to give him. No problem. They got to go see the gravedigger. I'll give it to the gravedigger. See, the trick is, if you have to rearrange information like that, you still got to take into account the NPC's personality. Now, the zombie master's personality is different from the gravedigger's personality in this case. The zombie master is a little more flamboyant, outgoing. Thinks Dr. Facilier and the Princess and the Frog, things like that. Or Jeffrey Holder or something. And they're a little more free free with their information. They may crouch it in mystic mumbo-jumbo, but it's there. So, what you have to do is give it to another character. Now, the gravedigger, well, he's a werebear. And he's more of a gruff personality and keeps to himself. And if it's life or death dire, something, he'll give the information out. But more or less, he just like, oh, come on in. You hungry? And you sit there and eat. And so, they got to pull it out of him a little. Or... They can look around his place and pick up clues to either the information or this guy's personality and how to get around it. So it's you, you take the NPC's personality into account, you can still get the information out there. It's just in a different form. But there it is. Any kind of smart PCs will pick up on the fact and try and puzzle it out for themselves. So, like I said, information is fluid. You can give it to anybody. It just depends on whether or not they give it to the players and whether or not they, the players figure it out. If players miss a beat, put another beat in there somewhere else. I've also put beats in if the game is running too short. If I do a convention game and i got six hours to fill and i only got a four-hour plot, i got a couple more beats I can throw in there. I did that with my Gangbusters game. They were... They were, the plot was going a little too fast because they were going to get to the climax in about an hour and a half instead of three or something like that. So I threw a couple of more scenes in where they had to infer. That's how, that's, how, that's how I threw the opium den scene in there because I need another scene to keep the plot going. But at the same time, I wanted to slow it down a bit. It's all part of pacing, pacing your plot. Beats are there to pace your plot. And it's not railroading, of course, because if you do it right, then, like I said, the the characters will make their own beats. The characters make their own gravy, you might say. (laughs) I know that's, that's a weird way of putting it, but the characters make their own beats. So beats are a good thing. And they're not as, and it's not as linear as you think, because you can do beats, you can do beats in a sandbox, because if they attach themselves to some kind of plot there, some kind of side quests and stuff. That comes in beats, too. You you have encounters broken up with investigative things and exposition. That's what a story is, really. And if you do it right, everybody loves it. So it's broken down into the simplest thing. It's It's a beat thing. But that doesn't mean it's going to be simple to create or execute. But at least you got the basics there. You get just got you just got to kind of to me you got to think that way. Uh, look at any movie or TV show, especially TV shows, who have a set way of doing things. You know, at a certain time in the hour 
or half hour, whenever it is, this is going to happen. And they're going to have a crisis at the halfway mark, things like that. Movies are a little harder to, but they're there. Any Star Wars film has got beats to it, and you can see them. And if you watch a film like The Sting, which is made up of beats, they even tell you the beats because they give you a title when the beat starts, like the setup, the tail, the sting, that kind of thing. And so things are made up of beats, and you just got to think about the beats, and you can manipulate. Like I said, you make the beats at prep, they make the beats at the table. That's what it's all about. That's the give and take for the GM to the player, players at the table. Because, okay, here's some beats. What are you going to do? You're going to do that over there? Okay, I'm going to do the shift. Okay, let's go. Uh, do it in your head. Or, or if you have notes or things like that. It's nothing wrong to be prepared if you have like a few things. I always have a few extra things prepared just in case. So that's my advice to you. So go out and do likewise. I'm going to go start my day. And I hope you folks have a great rest of the day. And until I see you again, keep the dice warm. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. <laughs>